Movie fans, Dimitri Panos here for Popcorn Talk Network's Anatomy of a Movie. You know, I haven't told you folks that you all look marvelous. And of course you would, because today we are talking about Captain Marvel. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Anatomy of a Movie. Welcome, 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 movie fans. How's it going today? Big to do's, big movie. Uh, and we're here, Anatomy of a Movie, to, 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 to break it down, to, 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 well, expose everything and talk about this, this, this movie that, well, needs actually, it begs of discussion. Uh, and with me, my awesome, gracious, beautiful co-hosts, Marissa Serafini. Hello, Say everyone. Hello. Yes, me, I'm here. It, <laughs> Mina, Mina. Mina. Mina here. Say hello. Hey, everyone. And again, my name is Dimitri Panos, and we are going to be breaking down and discussing Captain Marvel. We got the uh, Marvelous M's over here. We, we, the, 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 <laughs> M&M. There we M&M. go. M&M. Yeah, Team M&M. And then, M&M. We're awesome. Yes. <laughs> and I got the D. So, uh, anyway, so um, for those of you who have not joined us and you are joining us for the first time, well, hello and welcome. Thanks for joining. Uh, and for those who, who join us on a weekly basis, well, you know the rundown. We, uh, we, we go in depth of these movies and we spoil, well, we talk spoilers, we talk plot points, we talk twists, uh, of which this movie had quite a few. So if you haven't quite seen the movie yet, I do suggest go see the movie, then join us later because we're up in the Ethernets. Uh, once this shows, the live stream is done. We're there forever. Perpetuity. In perpetuity, as, as Marissa <laughs> likes to say. Our favorite perpetuity. word. Perpetuity. Uh, so, uh, and again, uh, we always love for you to be part of the discussion as well. Does somebody have our feed up if anybody yes. chimes in? Yes. So you, if you are watching us live... Uh, chime on in, and perhaps we'll even read you out loud. Uh, and then, of course, once the show is done, you're always welcome to uh, chat, uh, which is fantastic. So, without further ado, we are going to start off uh, with our opinions, and I will start off with Ladies First, Marissa! Alright, so I went into this film not knowing anything really of Captain Marvel, like most comic book movies that I go into so I'm just you know viewing it as the actual movie watcher and I enjoyed it I had fun I've always been a fan of Brie Larson ever since she was like 11 years old on in the Disney Channel original movie on the right track yeah yeah I went back in her career like have you been a fan of her for that long yeah I guarantee you haven't so I've always been a fan of Brie Larson so I knew she was going to be fun she was going to be dramatic and her character had so many different ranges of emotions and she was great so I, I was all in for just her i didn't even care if it was dc movie like or sorry don't kill me a, a comic book movie or it's marvel not DC. marvel don't yeah. kill me i'm sorry i'm sorry um but for for brie i i was gonna go in for brie larson not yeah. for comic in, right. in that sense and it was fun i yeah. enjoyed it i didn't know the character or the backstory and going into it, she didn't know either. So that's where I felt it was realistic because we're also trying to figure out her character sure. um, while she's trying to figure it out. And I was just along for the ride. There yeah. was mm-hmm. good moments. Samuel L. Jackson was great. Great Fantastic. chemistry. We'll definitely get into it. But oh, honestly, I had fun. I yeah. really did actually enjoy this film. Cool. 
Yeah, I liked it. I wasn't crazy about it the way everyone else is crazy about it, but I did enjoy it. I didn't know what to expect with the Brie Larson casting. I was so surprised by that. I love her as an actress. I think she's phenomenal, but I just didn't know what it would be like to have her in a lead role as a superhero. And what I love about how they did this was, like, as you can see in the picture up here, she wasn't overly sexed up. It was a very feminist movie. Um, and it still had this balance of femininity and masculinity where there's this overlying theme of emotions and does having emotions make you weak or does it make you strong? And we ultimately find out that what it means to be human and she can still be a superhero and still be human <laughs> by having her emotions and that's not a weakness. So I I really loved what this movie did thematically. I loved the feminist themes. I thought Brie Larson's performance performance was great, and I love that it wasn't, like, just another, like, as much as I love Scarlett Johansson, it wasn't, like, an overly, like... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You know, sexed up portrayal of a superhero. Cool. Cool, yeah. I um, Again, and, and, and for those who are huge, uh, highly detailed Marvel fans, well, welcome. Uh, if you're comic book fans, welcome. Um, you know, if we make a mistake... Uh, be gentle, be kind. You can point it out. Let us know. And, and uh, you know, because we, we may say things from a movie perspective, uh, and I'll be straight up, I, I as, as much as I've read comics, uh, never really followed up on Captain Marvel other than knowing who the character was, but that's about it. Um, so uh, want to get that out of the way, just be kind. You can point out if we make a mistake. Uh that's all good. I don't mind being corrected, but just don't be an idiot about it. That's all. Um, so, nice in, 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 in regarding uh, Captain Marvel, I actually, uh, man, I, I ended up really liking this movie a lot more than I anticipated. Uh, I thought it was really structured. Well, I, first off, for for a superhero movie, I thought the, it was structured magnificently. Mm-hmm. Um, this wasn't a movie that that like really takes off out of the gate. Um, it took a little while to start really getting into it, but I appreciated it because I, I, I looked at it as if they were taking time to put the, the players on the board game so that you understood the world that we're about to uh, enter with Cree and Skrull. And, and we are going back to the 90s uh, and, and this flashback stuff that was going on. And they set it up rather nicely so that when things really started to chug along, you understood. Uh, I liken it to, uh, if you watch our podcast of Coco, uh, what's mm-hmm. brilliant about Pixar is they, they give you the rules of the world at first. They tell you this, 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 like you can do this here, you can do this here, so that when the movie gets along, they explain it to you at the beginning, and then once you're in the world you're already like educated, but you don't even know that you're being educated. And that to me is brilliant, and that's what happens here. I felt that Brie Larson was, was I thought she was great, uh, even more so. I thought her chemistry with Sam Jackson was 
amazing. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that, but it really felt, well, it felt real. And I know that they're quite close good friends in real life. And that just seemed to, like, come off on screen, which I always love when that happens. But there were no throwaway support characters either. Everybody had something to do and or say. Uh, I love the woman who played her best friend, Rambo. Mm -hmm. She had some quite amazing moments, as did her daughter. Uh, So, again, there were no throwaway characters. I never felt that this movie was overstuffed. Uh, I felt the pacing was really solid. And the movie was at a really decent time. And I didn't feel bored. Uh, The action sequences were a ton of fun. The nostalgia aspect, which, A, was it was so fun, tremendously fun, but it didn't beat you over the head with it. Mm -hmm. It was like, here, we're in the 90s, and they had these little jokes. The music, both score and source music, fantastic. Makes me wish that, like, rock music still mattered as it did in the 90s. Um, so I love the 90s. It, well, yeah, the 80s and 90s. And, and I have it's the soundtrack, which incorporates score and all the source music. And you just, yeah, these bands, like, why don't we have this kind of music today? Made me think of that a lot. And by the end of this movie, number one, uh, had some touching moments, powerful, but it made me... I. Now cannot wait to see Avengers Endgame, where I was kind of lukewarm on in, on Infinity War. I, I mean, I liked it, I did not love it, mm-hmm. but now I can't wait to see Endgame and how that game will end. Uh, now that we have Captain Marvel on the board, mm-hmm. it was great. So there we go. Yeah. So it's fun. Yeah, it was just a really solid movie. Uh, I saw it in IMAX, and it was. Gorgeous. It was actually filmed for IMAX. Like literally, saw the picture stretch from floor to ceiling, oh, <laughs> and it was uh, on certain scenes. Awesome. So, I y- you mentioned you're seeing it tomorrow again. I'm, I'm seeing it again tomorrow in 3D. In 3D. Yeah. In yeah. 3D. I, d- I can't remember if it's IMAX. Uh-huh. But it's going to be the 3D real experience. Are yeah. You, are you trying to pick up on things you might have missed the first time, or why do you want to see it the yeah, second time? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually seeing it again with my boyfriend, so there you go. I mean, I want to see it again, yeah. because I he really did have it, a good so time, and and I do think it's a movie that there are little things that you can pick up on, um, especially now that we know the story um, and how it unfolds, because at the beginning, it's a little bit of a mystery, because mm-hmm. as you said, as Carol Danvers is trying to learn about herself and why is she on this Cree world? And go it ahead. felt very Jason Bourne-ish. Almost. Like, yeah. I have no memory anymore. Yeah, who am like, I? Right. We just yeah. start, but not knowing who he is. Who like in Jason Bourne? Like if you've ever seen those films, you know he starts off. He he realizes he has a bunch of skill sets. Doesn't know his background. Kind of has amnesia. Not that she has full grade amnesia, but like she right. doesn't know her history. She doesn't know her background. She only knows a few people in her life, and that's it. Mm-hmm. She already has that skill set and the fighting techniques and stuff, but she doesn't know why. And right. and I enjoy that because yeah. we're learning also why. Me why, too. How did she get to where she is now? Yeah. And how it got pieced together exactly. was really well done because in the hands of a wrong, uh, like the wrong director. It could have been just a muddled, confusing mess. And I think that they pieced everything. All the pieces of the puzzle were there. You just have to really go along for the ride and the action for it all to come together. And where it really comes off when when Marvel becomes Marvel, you're like, yeah, okay. That all makes 
sense. So, um, and I know we'll talk casting, but I, I was, uh, I, I'd be neglecting our duties if it didn't talk about Ben Mendelsohn and Annette Benning, who too, who, who were also, I oh, felt very fabulous. Uh, and it's good to see, well, Annette Benning. Uh, in, in a superhero movie, I mean, Michelle Pfeiffer has had her turn already. Right. So she's in the MCU, so why not have uh, Annette Benning? Ben Mendelsohn will talk about his Venom casting. Uh huh. Is Venom part of it? Uh, no, uh, uh, oh, Michelle, Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer. Sorry, yeah, you Williams. Yeah, Williams. Pfeiffer was, was like, in Ant Man and Wasp. That's right. You, mm-hmm. you right. Yeah. You right. So uh, sorry, all these comic books. It, it, this is the twenty first MCU. <laughs> Jesus, it's a lot to track. Let, all right? well, it's can, a lot to track. I'm glad you brought that up. Let, let, let's talk about that for 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 for, for a minute. It's my one drawback at this point about Marvel movies. Like, I wonder. I wonder. Be you know. Yes, this is a standalone movies. Most of the Marvel movies are standalone, but they incorporate so much information from the other movies, like the Tesseract. Let's talk about the Tesseract, right? That plays such a huge part of the MCU, that this movie universe, that I had to do a refresher and go... The Tesseract seems to have been in almost every movie, but where did it start off with? Because I know right. we've seen it in Captain America, First Avenger, mm-hmm. Age of Ultron, uh, not Age of Ultron, uh, the first Avengers movies, mm-hmm. Thor. Yeah, Thor. Um, I rewatched Infinity War literally last right. night. And then uh, and then when you watch Captain Marvel, it's in this one. And if you take this story, because it's technically ahead of all the other right. stories, you're like, so where does the Tesseract actually originate? Uh, yeah. One has yet to know. It's crazy. And so that's the one thing. It's the Marvel Cinematic Universe has become so epic in scope um, that it's getting to a point that like the enjoyment of these movies if you don't know some of these finer details and how because where they're smart is it all blends into the other movies mm-hmm. right yeah. and it and once you figure that out and, and and there is an enjoyability factor you can piece it all together but if you are new like if captain marvel was your first movie mm-hmm. which i saw some kids in the audience when i saw it and i'm thinking maybe it was their first Marvel movie. Well, Spider-Man for the kids. Well, Spider-Man, well, yeah, well, Homecoming. Yeah. But, like, they're not going to understand, like, this history of the Tesseract. Like, what did you say, 21 movies? No, it can't be. This this is is the the 21st movie. Yeah, that actually sounds about That is now officially in the MCU. That's a lot of movies. That is so many movies. (laughs) So many characters and so many years in between. So it is hard to, because... Well, like, we're fans of Marvel. I can't speak for all of us, but not all of us are the diehard Marvel right. fans. So it is hard to keep all those details. I, and, and for you uh, really diehard Marvel fans, well, here's an opportunity for you. You should put a timeline of all these Marvel movies. I'm sure there and, is. And do that, uh, <laughs> because there. that would be great. Uh, have, a, have a legend, a key, <laughs> so to speak. So yeah. anyways, but yeah, I really think that they they weave her in quite nicely because we know, well, we know that she is a, we know that she's going to show up in Endgame. Not yes. because the new trailer just dropped this week, which is really good, but because if you saw the end of Endgame, her her pager, the pager, yeah. which is really funny, that was good. which was which was brought up over here, so you can see the 
the, the, the her logo, I guess. So you know she's going to end up there. And uh, I just think that it's fantastic that this movie takes place in the 90s, mm-hmm. where we know Endgame uh, or, or Infinity War is more, well, it's today. It's yeah. supposed to be. Yeah. So I and I liked how we had that twenty plus year jump. Yeah, yeah. you're like, oh, yeah. also, she yeah. still looks the same, even though we know, you know she's she's young and stuff. But like, yeah. she does look older, more mature, yeah. more put together, yeah. quote unquote, mm-hmm. uh, to to help the now right. Avengers in yeah. today's. Yeah. It, it's just crazy how it all just literally comes full circle. They do such a great job connecting. That's yes. the one thing that I always wonder, even when I think about J.K. Rowling and how she managed to tie like seven books together and when I think about Stan Lee and how like how do all of these characters come together in a way where everything coincides and there's no like plot holes for the most part for the most part with such a huge universe when we see plot holes in movies they're only like it's just one movie and it's two hours long and we find like 10 plot holes and (laughs) in this entire universe with all these complex relationships and Mm -hmm. dynamics it all seamlessly fits. It just kind of shows the brain power and the creativity of Stan Lee. And I even love, you know, the opening sequence they did where they had this montage for him. Yeah, I want and, to talk about yeah. that. And clips about that. That made me, like, yeah. semi-emotional before watching it, and I wasn't expecting that Yeah, it, it, that was really great. And we, we will bring that up for sure, I, I think. Um, but, yeah, I think that what Kevin Feige and Marvel have done is once Iron Man really took off, pun intended, um, (laughs) that they just started this roadmap. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, we need to go from point A to the Avengers. How are we going to do this? And then we have the Avengers, and then we got to go to another Avengers movie. And how do we do this? And I can only imagine that their writer's room, like when they bring on a director and they bring on the writer, these are the beats you need to... These are the beats you need to hit and cross over, and this is what we're going to mention, and then we're going to have this button at the end of the movie because people will remember that. Like, it really is, like, for, to be a script coordinator on this movie, you got to be, like, you you earn your keep as far as yeah, I'm right. concerned when you, you're you doing that for this life. movie. Um and you're right. I think I think from a from a writing standpoint, from a cinematic writing standpoint, it is crazy, uh, considering, too, that they're not working with same directors all the time, mm-hmm. you know? And and to their credit, they will bring in new blood or bring in people that aren't necess- that you wouldn't associate with superhero movies, like big tentpole movies. Like, they, I, they give the keys to the car, so to speak, or to the Ferrari, to people who don't come from tentpole movie making. Mm-hmm. Indie film, sometimes comedy TV. Mm-hmm. And they say, hey, guys, we're going to give you a chance. We like your style. We like your sense of story. Um, there are also people who are going to be excited to be working on a motion picture, so they're not going to fight back. Mm-hmm. And they just build this cohesiveness. And you can tell that they set them down. And this is where we need, this is where we need to go. And that, to me, is genius. It actually, too, is one of the biggest mistakes that the DC universe has done. They mm-hmm. seem to rush, especially those the, 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 those first, like, Batman, Superman. They, they rushed to Justice League. They, did, they almost tried to uh, reverse engineer. It was almost like they didn't have a roadmap where 
Marvel has a roadmap. Right, but they that's know also, where they're going. I mean, like, and this is so not a Marvel versus DC kind of, mm-hmm. you know, commentary. Go watch our other popcorn sure. talk shows. Yeah, for no, that. I, but the but, thing with DC, they re reiterate the same characters over and over again. How many iterations of Batman have you seen? How sure. many iterations of Superman have yeah. you seen? Because with they different don't have actors? as great of characters. Exactly. Like, I feel they, like. say, they take the same characters and reuse different actors yeah. over and over and over again. Yeah. And at least Marvel, they they set so many different new characters, so many different new franchises within a, a big umbrella that is Marvel's. There, there are more characters and more backstories to, to develop, and that's why I still think MCU is more prolific in, in that. Um, yeah. Just in movie's sake and storytelling's sake, there's more characters to work with. I, no, I, 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 well, again, they've just roadmapped everything out. They, they know where they started. They know where they want to sort of kind of end mm-hmm. an arc. I mean, if, with every Avengers movie, it's the end of a, like a series and you get up to the Avengers where you'll have the individual movies and then we bring the heroes together for an Avengers movie. Um, So yeah, I I think that the, the the Marvel cinematic universe has done a fantastic job of interweaving all the characters um, and making it not overly confusing. Mm -hmm. Um, So and if you choose and you jumped in in the middle, all these movies are available on like Blu-ray. You can catch up. Yeah. But when you're talking 21 films, yeah. each movie is over two hours. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of. It's a lot of. It's a lot of movie watching. Uh, not bad movie watching. You could be watching worse movies for sure. Uh, Captain Marvel is definitely not a worse movie. I really enjoyed uh, Captain Marvel. So let's let's yeah. let's get I, into. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, it kind of reminded me. There was something about the vibe of Captain Marvel that reminded me of Guardians of the Galaxy. And I feel like you can kind of, you know, if you were to draw a parallel between different characters, I feel like the protagonist of Guardians of the the Galaxy, played by Chris Pratt, Mm -hmm. is kind of like the male counterpart for Brie Larson's character. I just feel like they have very similar personalities where they're like snarky and kind of quirky and there's like a certain nerdy quality about them, but they're extremely lovable and fierce and also incredibly underestimated. Mm -hmm. Um, And they just look like regular people on top of that. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because there is... At least I saw, and again for you Marvel for you Marvel folk out there, please feel free to correct me if I am wrong. But in both movies, something happens to the main characters. The the characters do something in each movie that no other person can do, and that is they can touch what an infinity stone. Mm. So Star Lord in Guardians picks up an infinity stone, saves the day. If I am correct, there is an Infinity Stone in Captain Marvel, and she just picks it up like it's a rock on the beach. Yeah, like, well, nothing happens to her. If you see an you Infinity go, Stone, you know yeah. that the Tesseract ends yeah. up being an Infinity Stone. Right. Yeah. And and that's her power. <laughs> she is powered by a Tesseract when you... So, yeah. But I, I noticed that. The other thing that, that, because I had a similar feeling, it was the music. 
Mm-hmm. Like music yes, really the nineties type yeah. of soundtrack. 90s, the, the, the best also, soundtrack. Yeah. Okay. The, like the it was so garments. good. I, I, and I the little touches like, of like the blockbuster yeah. and yes. like, crashing into it and just that feeling of nostalgia yeah. and, and then being like, Oh, this is like a shithole galaxy. <laughs> like I don't know, it was just funny, like, like they're so advanced. I don't know. The nineties but... were a great time. Like I listened to the nineties and I kid you not every single day of my sure. life in my car. I uh-huh. listened to nineties R and B music, nineties pop. That no is doubt. it's yeah. still better music than and all the shit that's released today. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, so I mean so so the music I, I I believe I mean the music helps drive Guardians and and its two movies. And the music in this movie really drives the Captain Marvel because of what it's set in and it and it keyed off a lot for my audience, uh when uh you know, I'm only happy when it rains. Mm-hmm. Came on the girl next to me. She was like dancing in her seat, and I'm like, I didn't know who she was. I'm like, oh, well, she's really digging this movie. So yes, yeah. I think that is a, a a a valid point that they're similar in those ways, and the characters are similar because they each have powerful enough to hold on to an infinity stone where it would vaporize anybody, most anybody else. And that, Yeah, and that razor-sharp wit. I think yeah. personality-wise, it's like, it wasn't as, you know, intense as Ryan Reynolds' character mm-hmm. in Deadpool, but there was that, like, underlying snarkiness where... Just like kind of like a she, smart ass. She quality. had she had good she had good snark, backed up by looks. Like yes. she could like shoot like she would just look yeah, at somebody, looks. <laughs> or she would smile at somebody and like Smarks. you just like it was She's great, so charming. That's yeah, and that's how I fell in love with the character, and that's how the character made me laugh. Uh, I think it was you, Mina, that said you didn't really get to know Carol Danvers, and that's a that, that's a valid point. Um, I felt that I got to know her just enough for me to care, mm-hmm. and I did end up caring. And what was brilliant for me was um, I want to I want to talk about Lashana Lynch, who played Rambo, her best friend Rambo. Mm-hmm. I felt that I learned a lot about. Carol Danvers through her. through her. Yeah. And that to me was amazing. One of the best scenes I think in the movie was when the both of them were in the house and she was just telling them and she was telling her the Carol Danvers I knew the and it was so such an emotional yeah. scene. And from there I learned about Carol Danvers through her friend. That she would never die, like that she knew that she was still alive and she was out there. And she's like, yeah, my biggest fear was that I knew you were out there and there was nothing that I could do about it. Yeah. It was so powerful. Like You know that someone's missing for six years who's Uh such an integral part of your life and your child's life. And you know that there's nothing you can do about it and you're clueless. And it's someone that you... People in the military or Air Force are in such close proximity with one another where it's like a lifelong sisterhood bond. So it was nice to kind of see that play out and also the diversity of like not just having someone as a side character when they're a woman of color and actually having them in a role that is like such an important and also heartwarming role. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. I, I thought that it was played out in such an authentic way. Me too. Right. You know what I loved about their relationship is that for like twofold is that it's it was nice to see a human, a regular just another regular human friendship because Uh that also made Carol more human and more realistic in that sense and and it's also refreshing to because I'm just going back 
throughout all the movies and stuff, it's hard to find another actual just true friend who's not part of the hero scheme. He's right. just a regular human being. And mm-hmm. it, was, it was refreshing to see just, like, a normal person be a good friend to our hero. Right. In that sense. Because that's, that's actually rare. And then... Uh, well, the second part I loved about it, it's a healthy relationship. It's a healthy right. friendship from another girl empowering another girl. It's like, right. that's also rare to see, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Because no tearing we, down, yeah, we no just getting need, upset. Yeah, to have another woman lift up another woman, like, that's what we need. And I think that's what this movie did so well. Is this. We had healthy, realistic, female empowering friendship. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think it's I think it's part of the backbone of Captain Marvel. Um, and again, it goes back to there was none of the supporting cast that were throwaways. Everybody had really great purpose here, uh, including Rambo and her daughter. Her daughter was fantastic as well. She's so cute. Uh, yeah, and and it, it, they were Monica very daring characters to fall in love with. To your point again, um, yeah, in a superhero movie, you don't you don't always get that. It's actually one of the aspects of. Uh, Age of Ultron that I appreciated the most was the downtime the movie took where we met Hawkeye's family. And like all the other superheroes are like, he has a family? Like, Mm -hmm. what are you talking about? And we got to see that. And to me, that was, again, sometimes in the Marvel Universe, they have the time to do this, to introduce this. And to me, it just lends to the character. You end up there's depth and there are stakes because if that character dies like there's the family that you've met and fallen in love with Rambo is going to be there for Captain Marvel uh, and I just really thought that their dialogue was great when when Captain Marvel shows up for the first time Rambo wasn't like surprised she was just like yeah, and then the her, her, the little daughter, yeah we knew you'd be back <laughs> you Aww, know yeah, it was like cute. It was really, uh, yeah. It was it was a fantastic moment, and I think one of the uh, one of the strengths of this film. Um, another very for me emotional moment was the montage of her standing up. Yeah. It's in the trailer, but in the context of the movie, when you see it, and then you know the final stand up is her as Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. I, just made me. I applauded. I was like, "This is great." I, I really chills. liked it. It was it was just very well done, and for a character that you don't know a whole hell of a lot about that you're learning about, for it to do that emotionally get you, it works. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it, it really works. So let's talk about another relationship, which is um, we're going to talk uh, first about Sam Jackson. And then we're going to get into Ben Mendelsohn. Mm-hmm. But Sam Jackson. Yeah. Nick Fury's relationship with Marvel, I thought, again, the, a heartbeat of this movie. Their relationship and their chemistry together, mm-hmm. I thought was just brilliant. And you could buy the fact that, well, I mean, again, in real life, they're very close friends. But I felt that they were bonding so well in this movie. I want to see a movie of just the two of them. Right. You know, initially that role was supposed to go to Keanu Reeves <clears throat> and he turned it down. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting because I, 
I don't know. I kind of would have wanted to see Keanu Reeves with Brie Larson, though that's kind of like a an odd pairing. I, I just love Keanu Reeves in general. But <laughs> I, just thought, fine. I thought the dynamic with Samuel Jackson and Brie Larson was refreshing to see. Yeah. Just like that. It was like a wider age gap and... You know, his acting is always brilliant, and he can go from playing a villain to playing someone with redeemable qualities Absolutely. just like that. So, I don't know. I And he brings so much humor to, to the role, versus, yeah. like, I feel like someone like Keanu Reeves is, like, cool and edgy, but he doesn't have that, necessarily, that same, like, humor. Yeah. Whereas with Samuel Jackson, he can just turn that on, and I think that's what makes this movie... Like, that's why I was reminded of Guardians of the Galaxy, was the humor in it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't cheesy. It was, like, fun, and it was... I don't know. It was like quirky. Yeah, so I like I that. Mean, the 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 Marvel movies. Well, I'm sorry, Marissa, you were going to say something. Oh no, it's just fun Forgive because me. people a lot of times they forget that Brie Larson and Sam L. Jackson sure. have been in other films together. Right. Their their chemistry is already genuine. It's already she directed him in her movie. They were right. In it's like Kong. They, they are longtime friends, so yeah. their relationship on screen is just genuine. It just translates, and it's fun to see. They were just, ha- you can tell they were having fun oh. together. There there are moments where I was like, are you even acting? You're That's just, like, <laughs> And you get paid for this? It's crazy. <laughs> Marissa, I felt the same way. I felt the sarcasm right. that would go between them. Again, you can't pull that off yeah. unless you really know the person you know to, to, to have that chemistry. And it, it worked right. It Absolutely. Felt genuine. And, and it's fun because, yeah, I would totally take another film with just these two. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a comic book movie. It could just be anything. Yeah. And, but it, it's also believable, too, because there are times where he helped her and she helped him. It was a very mutual type Agreed. of relationship. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And I really felt... And again, some people have said, oh, Sam, did Nick Fury was wasted in this movie. The way I look at it is Nick Fury has been in a good handful of these movies. And I think the... He's like a common thread the, through all of them. It's a common thread, but... Think about his screen time, and I think outside of maybe Captain America Winter Soldier, he's that character has had the most screen time in this movie. You know, he is a supporting cast. Mm-hmm. Like, he's part of the rounded cast. Nick Fury is in this movie a lot. Uh, I do recall him in Captain America Winter Soldier being in... You know, being in that movie, he just a usually good time, but Nick Fury usually just pops up for like yeah. one or two scenes in all the MCU films. Yeah, he doesn't Not all have, of them, but like majority of them, he just pops in and out, and that's it. Yeah, he doesn't have as a meteor as a role or much else to do in this movie. He did stuff, and I loved <laughs> him with Coulson. Um, you know, I loved seeing him. And they both worked on Shield. <laughs> yep, back in the nineties. So. Yeah, I again, I I didn't think he was wasted at all. I thought Sam Jackson was 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 great, and uh, again, the dynamic between he Brie Larson between Fury and Captain Marvel, he knows the strength that she has, and it's because of her that prompts more or less uh, the Avenger Initiative, where we got to go out and find like she can't be the only one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I sort of enjoyed that as well. All right, so let's talk about Ben Mendelsohn. I thought it was the best trick casting um, of the year, I think. Maybe a uh, decade. Yeah, I mean. Or at least the last five years. Ben Mendelsohn's been around for a long time. I, I believe you and I were having a conversation We've covered a week so ago. many Ben Mendelsohn films. And um, it's great. So, so the Skrulls are being 
at the beginning of the movie, they're, they're set up as the, the bad guys. They're the bad aliens. Mm-hmm. And once you see that it's Ben Mendelsohn, the, at least for me, the viewer... Like for me, it was almost too obvious. It was like, oh, it's it's him. Of course, he's always the he bad has, guy. He's and, like, always he's he so plays good the at bad playing guys smug. A lot, yes. Yeah, he's one of those character actors who always plays that the personality type, where he's always the bad guy, bad villain, the smug guy that you mm-hmm. just want to punch. I mean, he is, but he's great at it. That's oh, why he does. He's it. fantastic, but he can play good too. But I'm going back to like Dark Knight Rises. Uh, you know, he was in the, the villain in Ready Player One. Uh, he was the villain in Rogue One. Yeah, uh, ones there, there's a there's a commonality with these ones. So when you see his face, you immediately think it just sets you off and go bad guy. Yeah. But when mm-hmm. the twist comes in in the last three quarters of the movie, like where are the last half? I actually loved it. Loved it. And Ben Mendelsohn's turn and turning the character from from being like the vilified villain and he's the one actually that you're going to be protecting. And I thought he was great. I, I really liked that turn. Right. But it was a wonderful twist. And it's also good character building for him and just just as an actor, like personality actor building because he can now play the good guy and the bad guy because now we felt more for him when right. we realized the actual backstory and what was happening to him and the injustice upon his family and friends and stuff and you feel for him in a humis- humanistic way right. like even though he's an alien it's like oh yeah we know what that's like because it grounded him even more with human kind of problems right and that's I was like yeah I can root for you knowing that you know the 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 Kree completely screwed over everyone you loved right yeah, yeah. I think also, like, thematically, this was such an important lesson in the movie where people that you think are the other or the alien or, you know, are are the villains, and then you learn to love what you didn't know before because your perspective changes once you understand the common humanity and the suffering that goes on and how, like, sometimes the other is way more relatable than we think, but mm-hmm. we create these divisions yeah. because they don't look the same or they have a different practice or a yeah. different set of, not even set of values or morals. At the end of the day, like everyone's kind of looking for the, their own self-interest and the interest of their people. So what makes someone good or bad is if anyone threatens that self-interest or that sure. autonomy. So no. I just thought it was like interesting, like so many great themes in this movie coming yeah. together. And it was nicely, it was well done because again, Talking about the trick crack casting, when you see Jude Law, he's very he's easily acceptable as a good the guy. guy. As a likable guy. Mm-hmm. And he's played bad guys before, but when you see him and the way he conducts himself, yeah, of course, he's the good guy. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he's he's the leader of her battalion or they're, they're the star command. You yeah. get it. He's training her. You don't know that he's and, and a the fact dick. that he's like kind of like exposing himself to be harmed by her, and you're right. kind of like, oh, he's like this this cool coach who's like no. really looking out for her. Like you kind of like because someone who's like willing to expose themselves like that, you normally have this like yeah. sense of trust. Like, oh, okay, I trust them. They're not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But there's like some openness there, but then we're just like, wow, what a turn yeah. of events! Here. It was a good turn of events. I, I mean, I really I bought into it, and when it happened, I was like. Well, okay, it wins because I didn't see it coming. 
And maybe there may, maybe some people can make the argument that they did, whether they've read comic books. I don't know. I didn't see it coming, and that made the movie far more interesting to me because mm-hmm. I didn't. It wasn't predictable, and and the people that. I mean, Babylon 5, the television series, did this as well, but it had a five-season arc to change characters around, but this did it in two, little over two-plus hours, and when you turn the characters around and they flip-flop, and you go, okay, that works. I like it. And, and then I really loved Ben Mendelsohn. He was, like, really, really solid. So it was a really well-played, uh, and it made the movie that much more enjoyable. Um, and we talked. We did talk about Annette Benning. Uh, Always <laughs> fantastic. She was great when she was dancing to some of the '90s music. Yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah, she, another she was another good. example of how it's like people that I wouldn't expect. Like she was in the Kids Are yes. Alright. Like people that I so wouldn't expect to be in a superhero movie and then just doing an excellent job at it. Yeah. It's just like, I've kind of like put them in this box of like, oh, they're serious actors, they're dramatic actors. And this is still a dramatic role, but I just, it's so funny how I'm just like, wow, you see so much versatility now with people that you wouldn't expect being in these well, roles. But, and she but, she even said herself that uh, she herself is not a big comic book fan, but right. her all of her friends and her family are. So they're the ones who had to actually explain to her the stories and the characters and stuff. I mean, she, she admittedly, she took the role mostly just to, you know, appease her family. <laughs> of course. And, you know, and, and, and it's funny because my history with Annette Benning, I and mean, she doesn't know me. So, uh, but I'm just She's like watching at the movies. Uh, I always remember her from uh, The Great Outdoors. Uh, Such with, a great with film. John Candy, John Candy, Dan Aykroyd. Uh, the bear. She's great. And, you know, and then other movies that I always admired of her were Grifters, where she plays alongside John Cusack. Uh, it's on cable uh, right now. If you haven't cut the cord and you have the HBOs of the world and all that stuff, uh, look out for the Grifters if you haven't seen it. Uh, Annette Benning is stellar. Um, in that movie, so she's, she's played different career. roles and drama and whatnot. It was just, it's great to see a renaissance that Hollywood is 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 utilizing women who have who have aged fine like a fine wine, and that they're not just like staying with Meryl Streep. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Michelle Pfeiffer has had a lovely renaissance. It's wonderful to see her on the big screen. And it's wonderful to see Annette Benning uh, on the big screen as well. And to be in a commercial big movie uh, as part of the universe, you know, kudos to her. Good for uh, her. She only makes it better, I think, as with Michelle Pfeiffer. It adds class. I mean, because yeah. these are these are great actresses. Now, all we need is like Bette Midler. Yeah. Oh, my God. If we can get her <laughs> back in so a movie. Be there. Hey. If we can get her in there. I've seen, I've legitimately seen every Bette Midler film, so don't even get me started because that's a whole nother show. But, like, I do love how Annette is in it because she is, she's also great for another maternal role. Another strong female in in this film, too, to look up to. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep, I agree. Keep them coming. Yep, I I totally agree. So, now, this movie, too, um, the script... It was for Miss Miss Marvel. Uh, was being bandied about in 2013, so six years. This goes back to our. They knew they wanted to bring her in. They're road mapping this out. Mm-hmm. How are we going to do it? Well, it took six years. 
And that's how long she was gone from Earth, too. Right. Yeah. What a coincidence. So it, 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 took, it took six years for this uh, to, to happen, um, which, again, goes into the detail uh, of, of putting that in. And they wanted to use Carol Danvers before she took the mantle of Captain Marvel. Uh, I think Captain Marvel is a much better title than Miss Marvel. Um that almost sounds like an Agatha Christie mystery. It sounds like Marvelous but, Miss Maisel yeah. or something. <laughs> so, um, so, uh, and then uh, in October 2014, Feige announced Captain Marvel would re- be released on July 6th of 2018. Didn't exactly hit that date, but nope. they had a lot of moving parts. I, I forgive them. And in between that, you got to remember, so it's like the genesis of the, the writing process. Right. Like, uh... Marvel wasn't taken over by DC then. Right. Mm-hmm. God, Disney, why do I keep Disney, saying DC? Sorry, Disney, Disney. Disney. I don't know why I keep saying Marvel, DC. Marvel, DC, I get it. But, but like, back then, within the last six years, it just shows, like, how much actually changes with the, all the moving parts. Like, right. Disney didn't own Marvel then. No. Mm-hmm. No. So who knew? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, and then there were discussions, apparently, Ava Durver, uh of a... Uh, Ava DuVernay were, was was in. Uh, they had discussions with her. I'm glad. No offense. I'm glad they didn't go with her. I think the duo that they picked. I think they were really great. We had a man and a woman uh, together, because uh, uh, we had co-directors. Which again, not a bad idea. You, Marvel uses this a lot. Mm-hmm. I think they did a really, really good job. Um, Infinity so, Wars was had two two directors too. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The Russo brothers. Yep. Russo mm-hmm. brothers. Yep. Captain uh, America, first Avengers. Like they've been they've been involved a lot, and I hope these two. It's a lot to take on, so oh. good for them. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And so Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck uh, directed this, and uh, now they're within the MCU, and I hope to see more of their stuff because I think they did a good job, even if it's just a sequel to Captain Marvel. So we had... Now, the story, Nicole Perlman, Meg LeFou, Anna Bowden, Ryan Fleck, Geneva robertson Dwart. So we have women writing this a lot, too. And to your point, you you were talking feminism, a woman's voice. Uh, I think a lot of that did shine through without... But it was natural. Yeah. It wasn't like it's crowbarred in there. It kind of, for me, it, it kind of felt like, you know, like Wonder Woman. Like, yes, I I understand the importance of what Wonder Woman meant to cinema, to, to theater, to the comic book universe, mm-hmm. um, and for audiences. And I feel that Captain Marvel is, is similar um, because it can still mean the same thing, like, Anybody can go to Wonder Woman, but I, but I, it gives little girls the imagination. Yeah. To this, I can be a superhero. Especially, especially because of the flashbacks. Honestly, just I think the the whole origins part where we we're we're seeing her as a child and we're Mm -hmm. seeing all the times that people were telling her, no, you can't, no, you can't Uh do this. And then they see, like, little girls who go watch this movie will see, oh, but look at what she transformed into. And even the powerful scenes with her best friend when she was like, you didn't need to have, like, heat coming out of your hands or whatever power is coming out of your hands to be a superhero. You've always been powerful. She knew her to be powerful before it was acknowledged by her super strength. And I think, 
I mean, I thought that was a very powerful message. And I also love how they did the flashback scene because it wasn't just her remembering something. It was her mm-hmm. kind of being like pseudo-tortured slash hypnotized into right. revealing facts about her background. And we're kind of in the same boat as her where we're like, what's going on? What's right. the truth? What's real? What isn't? So I think this movie did a lot of things brilliantly. And I loved the message it gave to little yeah. girls and boys yeah. because little boys need to see this too. There needs to be this mutual understanding that women are fierce and not but, just male, not just like yeah, strong male leads I mean, every single but time. Again, I don't even, as a, as a big little boy, <laughs> <laughs> When I watch a movie like Wonder Woman or Captain Marvel, I never, A, feel threatened. Um, I just feel it's a superhero. It it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. I don't care if you're male or or, or female. If you give me somebody to care for and look up to and admire, it doesn't matter to me. Um, Yes, should there be more women? Yeah, absolutely. I don't don't argue that. Uh, But it doesn't. Like, if I watch a movie, I, I said this on Meet the Movie Press, if I watch a movie like A League of Their Own, they didn't make A League of Their Own because there was an urge to do it, a need to do it. Mm-hmm. It was just a really good story. So I go seeing a movie like A League of Their Own, which is an all-female cast, yeah. and I, I don't feel like I'm compelled to do it because it's all women. I'm compelled to do it because it's a goddamn good movie. Yeah. Right. And you and walk I- out, and it's a damn good movie when it was released. And today, in the nineties, in the nineties, <laughs> <the 90s. laughs> yes. so and I wish more people you know, were like that because there actually was a <clears throat> a small group of like fanboys, and I was looking into this that were that were basically saying Brie Larson needs to smile more, and that's why there was that very specific scene you in the movie up more. where where the guy on the motorcycle <laughs> is like literally literally telling her like oh you need to smile more honey, and it's kind of that like right. patriarchal like. Oh, like that disgusting, like... But I just loved it when she smirked. It was kind of like a commentary on that. Like the guys that are like, no. oh, Brie Larson, like why doesn't she smile? Why doesn't she do this? Kind of like that expectation on women to always be the perfect balance of whatever a man wants, wants her to, to be. be. And, and ah, I want to ah, like, well, let's talk awful. a little bit about that because there was this whole trolling thing, right? But yeah. but women were a part of this too. Mm-hmm. And... and um. A lot of this happened before the movie even screened. And it's like, this is just ridiculous to me. How can you go, well, it's not how can you go and hate a movie that you hadn't seen. <clears throat> it happens all the time. But why? Mm-hmm. Well, to what, to, to, to what end are you doing this? Like, you haven't seen the movie. What? And, and you know, I understand Brie Larson had made some comments that some people were a little bit turned off on, but still... It's to, for the right make, reasons. It, for, it may not have been her... executed correctly and Correct. publicized sure. correctly, but <clears throat> the intent and the reasons behind it absolutely, absolutely was hurt. Absolutely, Marissa, I, I agree. And I just don't know to what end, um, because, you know, trolls, <laughs> sorry, you lose. When the movie comes out and ends up doing... Almost $154 million in its yeah. opening weekend. Uh, if itself. anything, folks, you helped yes. it get to that gross because <laughs> of all the publicity that was given to this movie. And let's face it, a lot of people wanted to go see this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I just could never understand, what are you doing? 
Mm-hmm. Like, it, because it just makes, like, they're not making these movies for you, and you just want to, this is your outlet. That's, Social yeah. media. Is, it's, it's so unfair for the trolls to do that because, and, like, I, I don't want to bring up gender issues either, but it was, like, why so many trolls came out for this one? Because they haven't seen it. It was the first female-led MCU it, film. <sighs> but, but it's, like, if that was for, if all the trolls came out and started hating all the MCUs because they're usually led by males, it'd be a completely different story. But because mm-hmm. it was led by a female we saw the the trolls rear their ugly heads, and that's really unfortunate. It and really that's is. That's so not fair and such a disservice to the film. But you know what else we've learned because of the grosses, right? They scream the loudest. So it really, again, $154 million opening weekend gross that was not on a holiday weekend, mind you. That's nothing to sneeze at. That's actually a damn good gross. So that really means that they scream the loudest, but they really don't, contribute to box office all that much mm-hmm. when you think about it yeah. they, 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 they could have in 9 out of 10 I'm, I'm willing to bet this, this crowd of 10 who screams the loudest uh, every other person went and saw Captain Marvel so they could yell and scream all they want I'm willing to bet that their boycott was shortly lived come Thursday night or Friday <laughs> Friday evening or over the weekend but Captain Marvel also just had it Add the added bonus that they already have an already set up universe. They already have a loyal fan base. They're gonna go see it anyways, mm-hmm. no matter if they already make comments about it. Yeah, they're and still I, gonna go see it. And, and and I do think that it's good for girls. Mm-hmm. I, I think you know it'll be awesome come Halloween time to see yes. a lot of Captain Marvel yes. girls. Um, you know, in costume, in asking for, for 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 candy. But I think it's great for boys too. Um, you know that there's nothing wrong. Where boys can't relate to a super... Hey, they love superhero stuff. They love the flying, whatever. Um, the friendship. You've got aliens. They're going to love it anyways. And to your point about her her power, it was a great action fight scene when she was housing everybody. And she had... <laughs> literally, her hands were like kind of tied behind Handcuffs, her back. Because yeah. she couldn't use them. And she's still housing Everybody yeah. just on technique, okay? Yeah. You know, that's fighting. So. That is fighting. And also, Brie She's Larson. Good. She spent months learning different months. types of martial arts fighting, which good for her. Yeah, you know. I'm partial she, to martial arts because I do crop and guys. Didn't she stuff. pull a bus so. or something or push no, a bus? She, she pulled the jeep. So a she, jeep. she did like serious calisthenics to the point yeah. where she was deadlifting 225 pounds uh, enough to like uh, I forget the the amount and, and some other type of weights, but. She was pulling an actual jeep down yeah. a street. Yeah, like, girl yeah. can kick your ass. Yeah. and she's only in she her like mid to late twenties. She is 20s. my age. Yeah, I, we are the same age. She's like, literally, yeah. I don't get it. I mean, she's incredible. How? And also, yeah, the, funny, like, the funniest part is like she can do all of this. And on set, can. on set, she was like, "Oh, but like, get the cat away from me because I'm allergic and I'm going to yeah. break out in hives." Yeah. So, well, that's that was funny. And everybody's Allergy talking about too. the cat, so we have yeah. to talk about the cat yes. before we talk about grosses uh, and and all that fun stuff. So, yeah, I mean, look, there. Before I saw the movie, I heard a lot of people talking about the cat. Oh, the cat steals the movie. Oh, the cat. And mm. when I was hearing that, I would say to myself, if the cat is stealing the movie then the movie really can't be that good. And I'm not saying that because I, too, am allergic to cats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm not a big fan. But I'm like, this isn't a cat movie. The cat was fine. The cat the steals cat, the scenes. He doesn't he, steal the movie. He no. does not. He's just a nice little and it, touch. And it's not right. even... He's a funny But let's be, let's be real about it. 
the plot point of the cat is what steals the movie. Because when you have Nick Fury and um, Ben Mendelsohn's character, oh, forgive me, I forget what his character's name is, and they're doing the analysis of the, of the cat, and they're like going, oh, this this is such and such species. Talus. It's Talus. Mm-hmm. It's threat. It's threat warding is like off the charts. And then they go to like, uh, they go to Fury. It's like, guys, yeah, just a humanoid. He's non-threatening and all. It's like, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. And then like, you see the little cat there. But then when you see what the cat can do, you're like, oh, okay. Right. That's pretty funny. And it was really fun to see Nick Fury, who's like, the, the least opposite kind of character you would actually picture with a cat. He was just, like, petting it and stroking yeah. it. And, like, it, it kind of softened him up and made him a little sure. bit more vulnerable. But the moment that really, like, I thought the cat was used very well was there. There, there was a scene where you had the, the whole Cree right. the population when they finally reunite with the family and stuff. And they see the cat and they're all like, oh. yeah. like oh. <laughs> Everybody in the room was like, no, it's a cat. <laughs> And like, what, what uh, they, like, they gave us some description, like some demonoid kind of thing. That <laughs> what are you afraid of a out. cat for? Yeah, I, thought, and I was like, that was the perfect use of the cat. Again, playing against the expectation of what we know as cats, and it, and it works. You know, even and he coughs up the the tesseract as a fur ball. Um, at, the at the end of the movie, uh, so we there were two we, deleted we talked, scenes. There were two yes. like we had two things. buttons, and you know, I I thought. Yeah, the, the 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 with the remaining Avengers, mm-hmm. and you know they have the thing and yeah, but goes if, around. Also, like, if you think about it, now that the uh, goose goose, goose. Is the name of the cat yeah. um, coughed it up, if you think about it, Nick Fury now in the nineties has ownership over the Tesseract. He he is in possession. of But it, it gets stolen. So. I I believe that's the Tesseract that gets stolen at the very beginning of the first Avengers movie. Right, right, right. but like now in the 90s, you know yeah. at this point Nick Fury you know has possession of the Tesseract. Right. There's so. too much to keep track of. It's it a lot. It is. It's, it's, a, lot. Too, it's much. a lot. And that's what I was saying. Like, if you're and trying like to immerse Pegasus yourself. Pegasus also in this film, <laughs> which is also in Avengers 1. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's really, I'm surprised it's I what they've been that. able to do um, is is just great and and I like that button with the with the remaining Avengers they they weren't in their superhero garb and they turn around it's like I have no idea and it's her and she's like where's Fury and it was like mm. all right and I'm telling you that's when I got that's what I said okay now I can't wait for Endgame I really can't wait for Endgame because she that's is it. a she's a game changer and from from what little I know and again please Marvel fans correct me but Captain Marvel is to be the most powerful being within the Marvel universe is supposed to be. I mean, she's got Tesseract power in her. Now that I've learned that um, from the movie, but she's supposed to be like, like she's, she's the one, one of the that more can... formidable <clears throat> heroes for sure. Because mm-hmm. if you think about it, like Scarlet, uh, Scarlet Witch, Scarlet Witch, yeah, Scarlet Witch. Oh. Um, um, Elizabeth Olsen's character could you could arguably say she was the most powerful, but she you know dissipated along with half of the the heroes. So right now, Scarlet like, if we're Witch. going in the 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 timeline, Captain Marvel is the most powerful now. Oh, yeah, I think she's the most powerful the most because powerful. she can literally hold Infinity Stones without like nothing. So it's going to be interesting. I I can't wait now. For the outcome in Endgame, um, 
in in part because Captain Marvel's in it. So uh, let's talk a little bit about Gross. What this movie has done, we already talked. It's opening weekend, $153.4 million. Pretty good. It's pretty good for a three-day weekend, right? Now catch this. So domestically, up to this point, domestically $187 million, 187.6, so let's just say 188. Foreign gross, $362 million. Wow. Foreign gross. Now, I had read an article just before we came in today that today, uh, domestically, Captain Marvel should be um, should be up to $200 million. Wow. And it'll have another fantastic week. There's not a whole hell of a lot of competition. But when you look at the foreign, the, the foreign gross on this accounted for almost 70% of the entire global gross. So that's huge. And what that means for... Brie, twice as Lar- much as Lar- domestic. <laughs> It's crazy. It's crazy. You're, you're, it is. It's, it's 70, 65.9%, let's say 70, where uh, domestic growth is 31, 34.1%. So it, it to me is uh, it's fantastic. I think they did a really good job marketing this. I love the poster. I love like what we have behind us. Mm-hmm. Brie Larson to me. I, I had an opportunity uh, to, to meet her briefly as well. Mm-hmm. Um, she is very an exuberant, and she trolls aside. I agree with you 100%. I think they mishandled. I think the publicity machine kind of broke down. They mishandled what she said, right. you know, and that caused that caused a lot of some discomfort. Things come out of context, you know, journalism. Yeah, I think the, the publicity machine sort of kind of broke down a little bit. But I think they've righted the ship. I, I, I don't find any real reason um, for there to be trolls on this movie. Um, I know from a Rotten Tomatoes perspective, uh, last I checked, it was, um, let's take a look. Yeah, 70. 79%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which to me, I... I I don't know. I would expect it to have been in the mid eighties. Its cinema score is an A. Audiences uh, are really liking this. Its cinema score is not is not a Rotten Tomatoes or an IMDb or a Yahoo um, where people can rig the score. Trolls can't manipulate cinema score like they can other outlets. So I will mm-hmm. believe an A from Cinema Score. Uh, I think this panel really enjoyed it. I think the people who are watching us mm-hmm. um, really enjoyed it as well. Yeah. So um, why don't we just, uh, I, I just think, I think, oh, we didn't talk, we talked about the source music. We didn't talk about the score. The score for Captain Marvel, which I ended up downloading last week, mm-hmm. which I, I, folks, I really highly recommend it because it includes the source music. Yes. So it includes all the great music of the 90s that you was in be. the movie. And it includes this really great score, Waterfall. too. Yeah, you, you should. I, I highly recommend so it. So many great 90s songs that there I are. still I listen to no like, every one. week of my the life. The No Doubt one was so like fitting, I felt like. Yeah, I, I mean, everything was used. <laughs> so good really well mm-hmm. um i felt but i really as far as a marvel has always been accused from a score perspective as, as being nothing stands out like how do you like it's not like a john williams score that he does sweets and yeah. that once you hear the score you go indiana jones yeah. Jurassic mm-hmm. Park. Yeah. So I will say regarding this score that I thought that it was really done well when you um, 
when you mix it in with the '90s music, mm-hmm. it really it's it's great. But it's the score is very heroic. Uh, forgive me, I'm trying to find. Um, I want to I want to give credit to the person who did the score. Oh, I know yeah. what it is. Oh, it was it was actually a first. Pinar That's Kupak. right. It's the first female mm-hmm. to compose the music for a superhero music uh, movie. Yes. And that is worth <laughs> thank you for finding it because I wanted to give her uh I wanted to give this Peanut Toprak uh credit because I thought she did a really good job. Yeah, especially and the whole montage of the whole stand up getting up thing. I was like, Yes, get it. Goosebumps. I would stand it up too. Yeah. It, it worked. Yeah. I, it, it worked. Her it's score a great message. And it was released like, on International Women's Day. That's what you yeah. thought. Yeah. Oh, it's so yeah. good. It's, so, like, it's a great score. It's a great match. It's a great message. It's like all paired together. Listen mm-hmm. to the score on its own, and you'll recall that scene, and you go, wow, she, she did really good. And I, I've seen some behind the scenes of her like conducting. She was so proud to be part of this and to, be, and to have been invited in. And I think... International Women's Day, when you have a Pinar Toprak, uh, Brie Larson, and you have a woman directing and writing. Mm-hmm. I mean, as much... Look, you can argue whether you like Wonder Woman or Captain Marvel better. I put them on equal footing for me. For mm-hmm. me, that's just for me. You can like a movie better than the other. That's fine. But I think what they do for women, I, I think, within the industry, outside of the inspiration they give for kids, I think it was fantastic. I think it really works. So, um, anyway, so one final thoughts, Marissa. I think this film did a great job in opening up doors for more stronger female movie leads. Mm-hmm. Whether it be comic book movies, whether it just be in movies in general, and like we're seeing the shift with Hollywood, where there are better, more stronger female-led protagonist films, and this is one of them. So it's it's not new; it's just needed. Yeah. We need more movies like this. I enjoyed it. I'm going to see it again. I'll probably enjoy it even more. So, yes. Great job, Captain Marvel. <laughs> yeah. Nina. I know. I, I totally agree with that. I thought Captain Marvel was great. I think, you know, it's so important that we have these strong female leads, and it's not just fitting the mold of this overly sexed up, you know, <laughs> sidekick or um, just like a very voluptuous <laughs> A woman, because I think oftentimes, even when it comes to like the shape or the body or like the mannerisms, people have a certain idea of what it means to be a woman. But this movie just explains what it means to be a woman so well that you can fall down and get back up, and you can be strong and you can be fierce. And you, like femininity is shown in so many different ways. Like you can be a smart ass, and you can be beautiful in so many different ways. And your worth mm-hmm. isn't tied to how you look, it's just kind of your character. Sure. And I, I love that. It's the fact that you're a good friend, that you are loyal, that you are kind, that mm-hmm. you are a force to be reckoned with, that, you know, she doesn't just go and kill Jude Law's character. She still has, like, the, the empathy and the emotional connection to send him back right. without killing him. Like, she has a certain degree of loyalty, even to someone who she is no longer on their, their team. Right. So this movie does so many things so well, including... Not just, like, the setting of the 90s and, like, that nostalgic aspect, but also the humor, the writing, uh, the acting was stronger than most Marvel movies I've seen. Um, And 
Yeah, everything. It did everything very well. I liked it. Yeah, I I, I really enjoyed this. Um, It would go into my top, uh, probably my top five uh, for for Marvel movies. Um, You know, and and there the Marvel movies. Let's let's face it, twenty one films, right? There is a small handful I think that you can point to that really aren't that good. But the other movies, I would say, are like really good, but they're degrees of good. Like, you know, this one's better than this one, this one, okay, that's fine. But there really isn't a stinkeroo. There isn't one of these Marvel movies that I would like give it, you know, where I would give it the finger. Like, you know what I'm saying? So they've done a really good job considering 21 movies. Mm-hmm. Not too bad. I think Captain Marvel um, is just another one where you it's good entertainment to your point. Uh, yeah, it's great female character, but I think the men were really well. And, and again, they were given opportunity, good opportunity. They, they, they showed up. The characters, everybody had something to do. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that there was nothing thrown away. Uh, there was really no fat on this movie. I wouldn't mind seeing some deleted scenes. Um, but this movie wasn't two and a half. I don't think it was two and a half. Two hours, two minutes. Yeah. Yeah, That's it. That's not bad. No. I'm glad I hate it when they make it like 10 hours long. Uh, Oh, the next Avengers movie is being rumored to around three hours. Good Lord. They always do that for Avengers. I don't like watching three hour long movies. Well, folks, we're going to wrap up uh, our Captain Marvel. I think you'd agree we all felt it was marvelous marvel marvel oh marvel marvel so uh we believe you too again please feel free to comment we will uh you know we'll be talking i'm sure uh avengers endgame uh and then all these other movies we were going over the 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 summer movies between Avengers, Toy Story 4, Maleficent. Uh, I'm so excited for that. We've got uh, um, uh, Dumbo, uh, Aladdin. Disney yeah. oh, oh, yes. Jesus, I am excited it's for It's really, summer. really unfair for everybody else, to be honest. And but, Endgame in a month. Yeah, Endgame in a month. So Only a month. Can't mm-hmm. wait. Looking forward to it. We're looking forward to you for tuning in. I thank you very much for listening and giving us your time. Uh, and, and again, take more time to give some comments. Uh, if there was anything you want to nitpick about, please let us know. Just please be kind. That's all we ask. Uh, you folks have been doing a fantastic job, whether you've agreed or disagreed. You've written out some decent theses that I really, really have appreciated reading. Whether you've turned me or not, it doesn't matter. I'm just glad that you wrote. And uh, you do a good job doing it when you put some thought behind it. That's all that really counts. So thanks for loving movies as much as we love movies. That's why you tune in. Keep going to the movies because, hey, we need this to sustain. So love you for it. We'll see you at the movies. Take care for now. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.